Good evening. Good late evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Essential Credentials Podcast, episode 49. We're almost to 50. And I was going to be joined by my good friends Greg and Alan, but Greg is preoccupied tonight. He got a little busy. So Alan decided to come and join me. He's come to answer the tough questions. He's come to update us on his bonds PC, and he's come to tell me why A-Rod should be more expensive. Right, Alan? <laughs> I've always been telling how much more expensive A-Rod should be. Maybe not more than Bonds, but mm. more than he is now. So right, since you're in a different place, I feel like I could be actually honest about that. I kind of held back on <laughs> how, how optimistic about A-Rod you know, I've been all this time. Right. Yeah, we both are. Um, how have you been, though, dude? I mean, I know last time we came on, was you came on with me and Greg. It was about a month ago, and you were uh, working on some pretty big some pretty big things there in your Bonds PC, kind of in a different spot right now, right? Yeah, I mean, you talked about it before, and so did I. Uh, I have a very discreet list, a very specific list of cars that I'm going for. Uh, right. It makes it a lot easier um, to focus and not get distracted by the latest new thing, because right. I still tend to do that. I think all of us do. So I've been knocking some big ones off the list, and uh, they've felt good, but because it's such a... I have my eye on the prize of knocking these down one by one. Sometimes right. I haven't taken the time to like sort of step back and enjoy some of these. Good. Um, and some of these are so big that they're going to take some time, I think, to really, to really digest. Mm -hmm. And and actually, after after I acquired one of the one of the biggest cards in my collection, I mentioned in the Facebook group that I was going on kind of a kind of a collecting hiatus, and mm -hmm. I, I believe that I am. I'm there right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm on a buying hiatus so that hasn't those two things haven't merged yet like the buying is supposed <laughs> to stop once you go on card collecting hiatus. <laughs> right it is doesn't it tells me something about where my head is at and and and, and what it is I'm, that's driving me right now well let, let's just talk about that here for a minute i'm glad you brought that up right away because i think as collectors especially now I mean, I don't know about you, but i'm seeing more and more of that stuff like the big ones the big time cards being put up, you know, for sale, like in the middle of the summer, people are moving a lot of cards and, you know, I think it makes it easy just to keep buying, keep buying, keep buying, keep buying, because as, as collectors, we like the cards coming in. We like them coming in. It could be a $1 card. Could, could, however you collect it could be five, a hundred, a thousand, whatever. We always like cards coming in, but I am curious how that works for you because you say you're not on a buying hiatus, but you're on a collecting hiatus. Is that, because for me, if I go on a collecting hiatus, I'm not going to buy because the interactions with you and Greg and, and Ryan and Tyler, Will, Jeremy, everybody, it gets me excited about collecting. And then I go find more cards to add to the collection and look through the cards. But if I'm on a hiatus of either kind, mm -hmm. the other one doesn't follow. So how can they? How are they separate for you? I'm quite I, curious about that. I think that's a great question. I, I actually don't know how to answer it, but you did hit on something, which is that when I'm not on a collecting hiatus, when I'm when I'm in the in the midst of collecting uh aggressively and um joyously um mm -hmm. i i'm much more likely to show my cards to my friends to be like hey look at this incredible card that i got in isn't this a cool card i haven't right. really been doing that i've been more in sort of hoard slash collect slash i have a specific goal i need to reach this goal mode and that's mm -hmm. why i'm continuing to buy it because i mentioned on another platform the last time i was on hiatus 
I missed a, a couple of pretty big cards. <laughs> I've done it too, dude. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, we, we've all been there. We'll all be there again, of course. Mm -hmm. And right. And as I'm talking, I also realize that a lot of the big cards I'm going after were cards that I actually had a shot at once before when they were a lot cheaper. And when I had now a second bite at the apple, even though the market is much crazier now um, than it was when I originally had a shot, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it this time. So mm -hmm. that's why when I'm on hiatus right now, if a huge card comes by, even if my heart really isn't in it right now as much as uh, it, it could be, uh, I want to make sure to secure it so that when I return to the hobby, I won't regret not getting that card. Well, I mean, maybe define a little bit for me too, because this might give some people some some ideas. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, is like, how can you be? How can it? How can you be in this in different places at the same time in your mind? Because for me, the last time I took a hiatus, it was a long time ago, but I lost an Arod Flare Showcase Legacy from 2000. As you know, those are out of 20. Mm -hmm. Very very tough cards. And it broke me. And in that time, two Fortune 15s, an early road to the hall, and a uh, Quantum Leap all sold within like two months. So I missed on all of them. Right. And as you know, I mean, like th those are all some of my favorite cards. Those three of them are like, like top 20 cards. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good that you're still having an eye out. But when you say you're not collecting, does that mean you're not as active in the discussions, in the um, just like the social media side of things maybe? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, do I reach out to my friends? Do I send you a picture of a card that I just got? Do I send Greg one that I really haven't? You know, like, right. you ask me about a card that you knew I got in. I showed you. Um, mm -hmm. It's a card that I sought your advice about many times mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah. Years. This is the card I'm talking about. This is the card that uh, I would say marked my hiatus, like marked the beginning of my hiatus. <laughs> it's a huge card. It was not cheap by any stretch. It was on my mind since the last hiatus because it was the biggest card I failed to get. Mm -hmm. And when I had a chance to get it again, even though my heart isn't in cards where it has been in the past, like, I don't know, six months leading in, I still went for it because I was like, you know, the last time I passed this card up, it ate at me for, for a long time. And uh, right. it was three times, more than three times more expensive when I came back to buy it, which is the case for almost everything. Um, this is the what card is that? Oh, there you go. You you're on the same page. Go for it. 1997 certified gold team. This is the mirror uh, parallel. It is out of 25. It'll mm -hmm. show you what it's out of, but you can see right there yeah. it's 19. Is and, it in one of those? Because you're gonna are you sending that in to get graded, Alan? These are supposed to be in the queue to get graded, but I, of course, okay. I'm a big talker, but I've never actually sent the card in for grading. Uh, we'll see if that actually does happen. Uh, part of the reason I like these so much is because as you know, I, I keep all my best cards in a suitcase and mm -hmm. I found the one touches to be extremely heavy. Um, <laughs> these are so much easier. Like you can, you can have all your cards basically within a little shoe box. If you, if you right. start with this, so that's part of it as well. Like I mean, that he's exactly right. And that, I think maybe like you're saying too, Alan, like you not being able to get that card, it motivates you. And it's definitely done it to me too, dude. Like, um, even though I missed, I've missed on a couple too myself. I even with my hockey cards, with my flurry collection, I know I, I'm, I've learned to look ahead, and you too have learned to look ahead. It's not going any direction but that way. Um, you know, Ray, good to see you, man. Gosh, it's been a long time since I've talked to him. Um, you know, it's 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 good for us to to have that foresight 
because if you don't do what you did there with that card, and of course we all know about the essential credentials pink, it's been well documented. That is the Allen card. I think of nothing else, nobody else when I see those cards pop up, but you, I mean, you have to learn that lesson. I think we've all done that at least once or twice, if not more in our collecting lives. I mean, Ray, I'll ask you this too. How many Ichiros do you regret missing out on that? You've had to pay more for now. I mean, you know, but it's also a thing too, Alan, like, you don't have enough money. We don't have enough money to just buy every single one that we want. If we did, then it wouldn't be really fun to collect. Right. So it's true. yeah, it's got to find that balance, dude. Part of it is, yeah. Part of it's sacrifice, right? I mean, if you have a card fund or if you have uh, a slush fund for things that you can spend on fun, <laughs> if, if you spend a ton on a card, you may have to sacrifice somewhere else. If money doesn't grow on trees, you know, we're not billionaires. If we were, I'm sure we would find fun in the hobby some other way. But, uh, but for us, we really, uh, we really have to like the card that we're right. going for because uh, they're, they're they're getting increasingly expensive. I mean, I'll give you another example of a card that I had a chance at uh, a couple of years ago. It was offered to me on uh, one of the one of the forums, the message boards. I was uh, I was offered an entire uh, entire group of bonds cards, and this one was the star of that group. And I was regretted not buying this card. Um, and, wow, look and, at that. Yeah, and and so it's been on my mind. It's been in the back of my mind when it came up. Uh, I, I finally had to snag it. And is, you know, is there a certification on that on the back of that from Pacific? I was um, looking for that. No, it it doesn't say anything about what the uh, you know what the what the autograph is in terms of authenticity. It's just a regular blurb about the. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so is that part of that set? Did they do a signed version of those? Those are super cool, dude. I assume you know, like I, I okay. don't know, like we're talking about this off camera, but mm -hmm. it was a, yeah. It was a I'm in, in my collecting career where I was heavy into Pacific and mm -hmm. honestly, uh, I haven't been. And when I showed you this card before, you actually were like, at a boy, you know, like <laughs> make your first forays back oh, into Pacific. And uh, yeah, the relation, you know, the uh, the reviews, the um, the interviews you've been doing on your mm -hmm. show with yeah. Kramer, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to inspire all, uh, sort of a lot of a lot of movement, a lot of interest in that product. And it has for me, like, I don't think it was a coincidence that I picked mm -hmm. up the card so soon after the revival of Pacific. Yeah, well, I, I, th I think that's been the whole idea is to open people's minds to what they're missing out on. You know, I think there's a lot of uniqueness that that company offers. And, um, but hearing from the person himself and, I think he represents a lot of us, you know, like if we had our own card companies, many of us would do what he did and he did things differently. Yeah. It, it, they didn't do the, you know, the big, huge essential credential type deals. He didn't do flare legacies. He didn't do rubies. Like he didn't do that, but he did it with how we would have done it in the same position. What a group of collectors getting together would have done. That's how we would have made cards. We would have tried to do it differently. And it's still, what's funny is it's still not a hit with everybody. And that's what makes it cool because it's a, it's kind of a niche within collecting. Like not everybody likes it. And I think it's amazing, you know, not only just because I met the guy, I think that's the cherry on the Sunday, but I think it's more uh, getting to see how similar he would be to any of us if we owned a card company, you know, I mean, I know yeah. everybody would do something different, but. It's true. Uh, the stories are amazing. Um, I, I think that's exactly right. He put his heart and soul into the product. He, mm -hmm. he went out and actually scouted and took photographs that actually went into the set. He was there, at, you know, with the designers figuring out what the cards are going to look like. I don't think any major card company, any other major card company, 
uh, had that sort of involvement from from the yeah. top, and there just there just couldn't be. Uh, everybody would be super specialized. You'd, you'd have somebody just managing the card division of a company. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is really that is really special, you know. And I know that you guys you have more revelations coming. You have more information to offer. Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting. Um, since you brought that up, I can kind of show these. I didn't want to show this comment, Alan. I think this is great. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we all sit on those cards that we should have made offers on, and we end up not doing it. And look what happens. You know, I mean, we end up regretting it later. So, can you hear me okay? Oh, were you going to show off some cards? Yeah, I, I heard some static. Can you hear me? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, everything good now? Are we good? Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were talking about how information, right? And the coolest thing about talking to Mike, as opposed to like talking to somebody from Pinnacle or talking to somebody from Flair, is Mike found, you know, the, and I think this is the first time I'm really going to share this. Well, he was on the interview, but share it off the interview is he found the production books. And I think I sent you a couple pictures and it literally says how many of every single card was made for every set. We're talking base, red parallel. You know, all the unnumbered, the platinum blues are all out of 67. But for me, what made it more exciting is if you remember in 2001, they did a Kramer's Choice set where there's three variations, right? And I think we, I sent you a couple of these. I remember you found them at a card shop. Um, so here's the base, right? Let me see if it'll focus. So this is the regular Kramer's Choice, one out of 721 packs. Foil board. Yep. Rainbow foil board. Here is the styrene. And this is on, let's see if it'll grab it. This, oh, that one isn't this. This is the canvas. Yes, yes, I had them in the wrong order. It shows you how hard it is to tell until you get them close. So there's the styrene. It's on cardstock, right? It's got a rainbow colored background, but it's not foily except on the bottom. And then, of course, you've got the canvas, which is very, very thin. Right. Um, having held this in my hand. Um, so, what made it cool for me is that we specifically, Will, me, Jeremy, Tyler, we all asked, well, since you have the production numbers, we have been guessing that these are all different, right? Like they all have a different amount. And he ended up finding out that approximately, I mean, I think we did the math and I don't, so I'm going to just make a, make an estimate here based upon what I remember, but it was like 200 of these were made. These have a print run of 200, the regular ones. Mm-hmm. The regular. And the, the regular. The styrene had a print run of around 80, and these had a print run of around 60 or so. Wow. So, you know, it, it was, it, you know, it's one of those things where you have all these predictions. And think about all those unreleased pinnacle cards, right? Or the uh, different cards from different sets where you're like, I wonder if there's really that many out there and, and whatnot. And, and then we also had that red prism, um, you know, thought or like those red prisms from 99 they never show up there's only like at one point we thought there was only like 10 to 13 of each one and then mike looked in that book and there was around i think he said 70 or so 70 to 80 maybe it was 60 and he said they were all walmart and sam's club boxes so they most likely were played with by kids thrown away ripped up whatever so you know purchase right i mean mike beamer himself we just said the way the major retailers deal with cards is nobody buys it they just they just toss it it just goes in the dumpster so mm-hmm. it's interesting that the amount of of the red uh parallel that you're talking about and the amount made of the canvas that you just showed is approximately right. the same you see a lot more of the canvas uh, i would have guessed a much higher number 
than 50, 60, or 70, or 80, anywhere in that range. Just, right. just given what we've seen. So that tells you that, that it, you know, that, that, that things are not always what they seem, that mm -hmm. there are other forces at play here. And the right. way the card was distributed and what kind of collectors were buying those cards when they were first released make a big mm -hmm. difference in how many survive in the world right now, how many still exist. Right. Well, and I showed those because I, in a way I wanted to talk to a person who, in all honesty, I think we could agree that Pacific is not a brand that like, even though you did a video recently on your channel, which I thought was great. You had all those, um, was it the revolutions? No, nope, it wasn't revolutions. They were, it was the, um, Paramount from 2000, I believe, right. You had all those different parallels there. Um, you know, Pacific is, has not really been on like the top of your want list for certain cards. And I'm curious, you know, even after knowing what you know from Mike, mm -hmm. um, what is it about that brand that like, what would it take to convince you? Or is it uh, as from your collecting standpoint, why do you think in general collectors still do not, you know, go for those bigger than they do? I mean, cause you're in that group essentially, right? Like you're not going to spend big money on a Pacific card, but you will on a card, you know, like that mirror gold. So I'm curious, like what, what your take is on this. That's a good question. Um, for me, because I used to collect hockey, uh, and between say 2007 and 2011 or 12 mm -hmm. cards from Pacific that are hockey speak to me. I, I really like those cards. I see them as on the same level as any card from the era before I started collecting. Mm -hmm. They all seem new. I think maybe it's because Pacific has greater acceptance within the hockey community from, from that era. And mm -hmm. so when you show off a card, people are just as likely to say, Ooh, for that as a card made from any of the other companies that are now defunct. I'll agree to that. Cards. So I think that that's where the appreciation comes from. That didn't carry over for me from baseball. My only nostalgic memory of Pacific from when I was a little kid and a collector was that there was a strange box over there that really nobody went after because it wasn't the sexy thing. And the mm -hmm. foil felt weird. It didn't feel luscious. It didn't feel like the flare packaging. It didn't feel... Um, luxurious, like the 1993 Ultra, you know, with the teal shiny uh, packaging. So because of that, as a kid, as a 11 or 12 year old kid, you just kind of look right past it. And since I didn't mm -hmm. open those cards then, that's the reason I, I don't have that kind of connection to it now. And even the wild vinyl, I mean, I think it would make a big difference if Bonds was in a rarefied set like that, a set mm -hmm. that is considered by everybody uh, to be one of the one of the finest inserts you can get in the hobby um, <laughs> that's when to show that <laughs> along with along with kramer's choice right those two are for me they don't have the effect on me as they do on almost anybody else so right. I, i'm actually probably further behind our main hobby which is already lagging in its appreciation in its appreciation for pacific yeah. interesting well and, and that's i think i was just saying this to a collector i think yesterday <clears throat> how nostalgia is why it's like the reverse of you with baseball. Nostalgia is why I collect hockey is, is thinking about those memories with my dad and Pacific necessarily wasn't a big, because by the time I got into baseball and Pacific was a big deal, 96, that's when they started making amazing products as opposed to, you know, when I was collecting hockey up until 95, uh -huh. Mike wasn't really making anything for, hockey then so it's kind of interesting you know I, I do love collecting pacific though for hockey don't get me wrong now that i know mike i think that kind of 
changed me to just liking it for both sports. But I can understand that for sure. You know, I've spent <laughs> a lot of time trying to convince you like, oh, dude, these parallels are just as tough, just as rare. And it's cool that it, it's not because it's rare that you like the cards. I mean, part of it is. But I think it's more of the nostalgia and the, like how you feel when you look at different cards. And I mean, if we were to look at your entire collection, if you were to do a new top 30, I mean, think about how different that would be. I know I've been trying to convince you to do one, maybe when you kind of really jump back in full full bore, but mm -hmm. it'd be really fun to see not just the cards themselves that are so different, but to kind of compare that video to now and just kind of see aesthetically what, you look for in cards, you know, I mean, do you feel like just off the top of my head, like you think back to that video that was post net post national, post -national. we all, we all kind of did one. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Andy started it off with like 50 is top 50. I was like, I can't do that. So Andy I did top 30. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you, you spread the fire. You're like, I, I challenge all of you. Like you yeah. called us out to, uh, to put a, to put a video up and we did. Mm -hmm. and the hobby was better for it. It's one of my, most popular videos. I, I have like four <laughs> followers on my channel, but I have uh, yeah. <laughs> views on that one, so people seem to like those show-off threads. Right. You know, those, and that was cool though because hearing you talk about why they were all your favorites, but it'll be cool to see another one of those again, hopefully, and just see like how your your mentality and like your direction of collecting, you know, which has certainly changed. You know, do you think you're completely over the uh, the essential credentials pink now that it's in your collection? Um, do you feel like uh, this is how you were going to collect all together? Or do you think that did like change the course even now? You're still well, collecting differently. You know, I, I don't want to admit this to myself, but the, this card was exceedingly expensive. When I got it in hand, it didn't strike at my heart the way you would hope a top card that you're looking <laughs> for does. I recently yeah. posted uh, the Man Refractor PSA 10, yeah. uh, which I got That's soon good. after the National to yeah. sort of salve the wound of having not gotten that <laughs> card. And it's a spectacular card. It has been in the top 10 uh, of my of my personal Bonds cards before I got it, and it never really left even after I got it. Yeah. Right. For whatever reason, whatever headspace I was in, I don't know why, when I looked at it at the time, it didn't capture me. I think mm -hmm. I even remember telling you and Greg behind the scenes, I'm just like, this is cool, but I'm not really sure what I think about it. Like... It's not quite what I expected. I'm going to go grab that video and throw it in the chat for the people that are watching just so they can okay. listen to you. Because when I watched it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like this has even less greening than mine. I don't think it has any. Mm -hmm. And for you back then, you didn't really understand why that was such a big deal. But it really is like it's a massive deal with that card. You know, it is um, incredibly tough to find one that has none. You right. know, and but again, here it is right here. Um, it, again, I just think it's kind of funny that you were in such a like, a, I don't even know what to call it, a, a negative space, negative headspace for missing that card that you didn't appreciate really what I mean. Now I think you do right now. You yeah. pull that card out and you're like, holy moly, like not only is this thing in perfect condition, but, you know, with the surface, but the 10 as well, like. That's a pretty big one. That better make the top 30, Alan. If it doesn't, I'm hard. <laughs> it would definitely make the top 30. I have a little private yeah. list. You know what I mean? I have a list where you cross <laughs> off and I, I just delete it because it's electronic. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I have a, a permanent list of, and I'll move stuff around as I, you know, as I move through things, as I move through nice. life. Some things will move up, some things will move down. But that has always been very, very high. Uh, even though I wasn't that impressed by it, 
you soon picked up that card uh, just, uh, I don't know, eight or nine months afterwards. And I think you mm -hmm. asked me what I thought about it. And I said, pick it up. Yeah. Do it. If you can get it. Yeah. Either that or when you showed me, I was odd because I, I, I love that card. That card. No, you, I remember you giving me advice, which was great because I, I remember the price of it. Um, I, I know we really don't talk about these, but at the time it was, it was up, up around the, I think it was the most like the tide for the most I'd ever spent. And, um, you know, so whenever you do that, it's always good to seek out your friend's advice. And if your friend like you did say, Hey, go for it. Like right away, didn't even hesitate, go for it. And I, I'm certainly glad I did because it, I don't think it has any greening on it either. And so I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. God, yours is amazing. Uh, mine does have greening actually. It's on the face only, so you can't really tell quite as much. But... Yeah, it didn't, didn't look that apparent, but I know you. Uh, just yes. PSA for everybody. Watch Alan's videos. He pulls yeah. out the cards and he looks at everything. Like, I'm surprised you're not a grader. Like, if you would be amazing because you pick up on certain things. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, I was looking at just, like, the card. And then you're yes. like, well, there's a little. But, you know, I think you've learned to get past some of those with 90s cards, right? Absolutely. I mean, some of them are so rare. Uh, the ones yeah. that are not in these little soft sleeves uh, are remain in the in the one touch. I mean, they're just scuffed up. That doesn't mean they're not absolutely special to me. There's some of my favorite cards are there. Mm -hmm. The home run king on, on wood. Uh, yeah, dude. Messed up in the back, but I mean, how impossible is it to find that card? In gold oh, it? So, yeah, exactly. It's a treasure to me. Like It doesn't mm -hmm. matter that it's dinged up. Uh, I'll give you an example of when I will look at a card and it will speak to me suddenly. So this is <laughs> one of my most recent pickups. I showed it off in the smaller Bonds group. Oh, wow, dude. This is the uh, 99 UD Century uh, Epic Signatures. This is the Golden Parallel. It's not listed as such in Beckett. But it is, I mean, when I, when I pulled this card out of the packet, I was just blown away. I actually recorded a video, which I plan to release sometime soon on YouTube. Oh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, but uh, when I saw it, you could hear it in my voice. There was just no no hiding it. Um, and honestly, this card wasn't even on my radar. Uh, I, I think I mentioned in past episodes that I uh, autographs more than I used to. Mm -hmm. um, but this one wasn't one of the top 10 that I was going for. A friend of right. mine sent a link to me. And I thought about it, and I'm like, he said that it's it's beautiful when you see it in person, and it is. I don't know what marker they use, but they should use that marker on like every autograph card. It is, it is amazing. Right. Thanks, thanks, Ray. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's a beautiful card, and um, it's exceedingly rare because there are a ton of set collectors out there who chase this card. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, and, and actually, Willie Mays appears only in the gold set, which I I'm, I'm shocked by. But Ted Williams just went for ten thousand dollars, so wow, I mean it, it, it has blown up. It's yeah, it's so it's really been interesting. I mean, if I can just use that to springboard, is is we've had some interesting discussions when we have chatted, and I have with some other people, like with Jeremy and Tyler and, and Will, we have a chat thread going too, and we see can, like let me just say platinum medallions. Mm -hmm. Holy moly, like. A couple of A-Rods sold for incredible prices. I'm like, wow. I mean, I when we first met, I was I grabbed the last platinum I grabbed was for like 90 or something, you know. I, I'm only saying that back then, you know, because that's what I was like, oh yeah, platinums of like A-Rod bonds and chipper, you know, are kind of in that range, you know, like right under a hundred bucks. Right. But I mean, some of the prices nowadays you're seeing are like five times that. And for a base, like ungraded, you know, not base, but for the ungraded, a raw copy. And you're thinking, 
Well, why is that now? Of course, we see that the basketball market has gone to a point where it's spilling over into other areas. And so, oh, baseball's got platinum medallions. Football's got platinum medallions. Mm -hmm. Let's go grab them. And I'm seeing more and more people grabbing, I'm sure you are too, grabbing cards, not because they like Alex Rodriguez as a player, yeah. because they know that he's a good player that played in the 90s that has a platinum medallion or an essential credentials, for instance. And I'm just like, we predicted this was going to happen, and it started to really happen. Yeah, I mean, you're being modest. A-Rod is not one of a good player. He was one of the two or three greatest players of his generation, bar none. Well, in the '90s, he was he was up there for sure in the top ten players in the league, no doubt about it. I mean, he was yeah. a top five hitter, and he was a great defender. Never want to go glove at shortstop. That's because Derek Jeter and Omar Garcia Parra were sitting at shortstop in the American League. So, like, he was a great yeah. defender. Omar Vizquel, so, yeah, that was tough. A, a great player. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's smart. So, I mean, for those people who have a component. Not for long, Ray. <laughs> for certain cards. For certain well, I mean, that's a great yeah. point. You raised it because you know that there are also basketball cards in this set, right? Yes. So those are huge. Exactly. And I, I don't know, like if that if that kind of like that kind of takes away some of some of the sparkle for me because I can't believe that the energy for cards this beautiful uh, in a sport with a history as rich as baseball, richer than any other American sport, and older than any other American sport, that we would have to sort of write the ride the coattails of. Uh, of another of another sport. I mean, I always like to think about which cards from the '90s uh, sort of um, are popular because of how they are seen by baseball collectors versus mm -hmm. popular because of how they're seen by basketball collectors. And I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how many how many times we can go head to head with basketball in this climate and really claim that we're the ones driving. You know, we're the ones driving the interest and the energy behind it, behind the set. Yeah, but you never know, too. I mean, it, it could you could see a swing. I'm, I'm, and I don't want to. I don't want to say that you're ever going to see baseball even get close to basketball. But I think that people are are starting to realize that there's more potential, you know, in some of those big cards. And and it's it's in a, in a way. I mean, I'm mostly a, I am a glass half full person. I love that the interest in there and that people are seeing just how amazing Jean and her husband's designs are. And because Flair tends to dominate both sides as the, you know, not, not as much as pinnacle or upper deck, but uh, you know, Fleer certainly um, all the Jordan cards are incredible and up, upper deck with that one. But um, you see, you're seeing any of those crossovers, man, it, it, they're just bonkers right now. And it's really caught my attention, you know? Um, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. You know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's shocking when you see a card only a year later, you know, quadruple in value i mean it's like wow is this is this an a but that's the thing is it a player factor or is it a a set factor and it's always a set factor with a-rod because in general he's not he's not skyrocketing in general most of his cards aren't but like another example is a king griffey jr cut above i remember that card being 150 200 bucks yeah. from ex 2001 mm -hmm. that thing raw is like two grand now yeah i mean it's i'm like it's because what? of basketball. That's for sure because of basketball, right? We know yeah. that because we 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 haven't seen spikes like that in some of in some of the other uh, in some of the other sets. Like 1998 essential credentials. I don't know what kind of parallel reality we were living in from when COVID <laughs> started to about March uh, of this year, 
but it was it was a fever dream and we're far enough away from it now that we can actually look back and, and think about it because things have calmed down a lot the market has corrected a ton from what i've seen uh absolutely players, for right. 80s cards but even it's leaked into 90s and it's leaked into bonds i've seen bonds spike and drop off very much from from highs and i've never seen that before because bonds mm -hmm. has always been so undervalued right so when you're thinking about these numbers they're mind-boggling like the right. pink uh ken griffey jr i don't know like, <laughs> I, I, I saw it nine thousand or something ten thousand like ten it was over ten yeah that's, yeah that's I, I was gonna ask you about that i think you subtract ken griffey jr and Derek jeter out of the equation and you are other than them, it's all kind of like starting to find a, you know, it, it, this is, I don't know if this is true anymore though. I remember what you were paying for cards two years ago when we started, started chat. I mean, a little over two years ago, yeah. I remember when you were kind of just dabbling, you know, and you could find decent bonds cards like, Oh yeah, 30, 40. That's that, those are that those days are over, man. Those days are over for him. Yeah. I, I don't know what the, what the true value of some of these cards are. They were too low before because when I first started collecting, I could have gotten the pink bonds raw for six forty nine, six hundred forty nine bucks. And I yeah, I don't go back and look on purpose because it pisses me off. <laughs> and and, the, and, the card, that. and that card, the card was twelve hundred. You know, at the show, I paid thirty one hundred later. You know, just a year mm -hmm. later. So uh, when you're talking about numbers that awesome. high, you, you start to get. I mean, you start to lose sort of perspective to me. Mm -hmm. So when you look back. I, I, I feel like baseball can sort of hold its own in right. credentials now. If you just look at how much the growth in, in costs of, no, of, these, of these cards are in just a short period of time, it has far exceeded where basketball was before COVID. Obviously, yeah. basketball has grown as well. But if you take out Jordan, uh, Kobe from the 90s cards, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like Griffey can run with them, which didn't used yeah. to be the case. He's correct, by the way. Hindsight is absolutely I mean, something. My, Tyler said it best. Uh, I think two months ago, two and a half months ago. Well, not anymore though. But I sold an F1 set that I'd put together from Tops now, and I sold it for you know 500 more than I paid to put it together. And at first, it was low, and it was like selling more, selling more, selling more. But then Tops Chrome and Top and Tops Dynasty Formula One came out, and and it's leveled itself out. But you could you could literally beat yourself to a pulp mentally by looking at prices and how much they were. You have to adjust to where things are at now. It's with anything that costs money that appreciates and, and depreciates value, right? Like you just got to find it. So um, I think what's really cool is that you seem to be kind of at peace with what the cards have been worth because in your mind, they should have been worth that already. Right. So, um, you know, like with Bonds too, Alan, do you mm -hmm. see – You are you still feeling room for growth with him as a like, – if he if and when he makes the hall of fame or god what do you think? Uh, psychology in the market is so fascinating to me because yeah, right now because prices are in retreat i am much more pessimistic about where things are i know in the back of my mind bonds is severely undervalued but with what happened with with covid a lot of people bought into bonds just like they bought into a rod because it's a big recognizable name in a sport that is a fraction of the cost of basketball so to the extent that bonds got dragged up artificially not by people who are fans of his right cards uh, i don't know like i actually don't know I, I believe he's still undervalued i think there's still a ton of room to grow but the psychology is interesting because right now because we happen to be in severe retreat I'm mm -hmm. like, mm, I'm not so sure, even though 
my 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 mind, my rational brain tells me that it will come back up and far surpass where where it is now because he's still just a just a fraction of where he should be. He, he's that mm-hmm. great. Um, but right now, I'm just like, man, oof, this is a good time right now to buy cards, even though the floor now is five times higher than it was when I first started. Right. This is no longer 15 times or 20 times as expensive as it was. It's only now five times. So if you believe that it's going to come back up like I do, it's time to to buy up more cards before it's too late. I feel like the the, the popularity of it is it, it, higher than it's ever been. You know, I really do. Uh, it's It was funny because, well, I, I was having this conversation. Maybe this can be a fun segue because you and I kind of have explained our hobbies and passions to a female who we care about, but it's really interesting to like hear, to think about like three years ago when you and I were going to the national, even then it would have still been kind of like, you know, I'm not sure if I really want to dive into like what, why I do this and, and everything, but think about now, you know, it seems like because the hobby is so popular that you can talk about cards in such a different light than you ever could before COVID hit because COVID brought out all of our hobbies and passions that we kept within because we were too busy or whatnot. You know, we had no other choice. So I feel like because of its popularity, I I agree with what you said. Now is the time to collect. And I think it's a good time for kids to collect too. People are going to disagree with me, but the popularity is there Mm -hmm. and the accessibility to find anything and everything. Like there's more opportunities to find the 10 cent base cards, the big bonds cards or whatever everything's out there right now almost i mean you, there's literally so much out there and the popularity is is up there dude and, and even people who don't collect are starting to ask me questions I, I asked greg that too last time we were on here i'm like people keep asking me questions like oh yeah baseball cards sports cards this and that i'm like yeah bring it on man <laughs> i know <laughs> you know even though even though we're in correction right now the market is still i mean it's 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 super frothy right i mean i, yeah. I went to a card show nearby couple a uh, couple of months ago just turned my camera on and walked around the show for 45 minutes talking to dealers uh asking everybody if they had bonds like you know like i'm rayman nobody did <laughs> and so it seemed like it was it was a lost cause i put it on my youtube and it's just it's just gone absolutely viral clearly youtube is a kingmaker they can decide which videos get put <laughs> to people and which don't because yeah. i have like 40 views on my other ones and this one has like 2,000 views that tells wow. you that there's still a lot of general interest. People who are stuck at home because of COVID in states that aren't as, you know, haven't opened up quite as much. Or yeah, right. Show they're starved for the um, the experience, which is irreplaceable of actually, you know, going to a show, inter- interacting with people and, and talking cards. Right. Yeah, and this, I mean, and it's good to kind of look. I, I agree with like looking back on sold items too, as far as like knowing like, okay, this is where I need to expect to be if this, if and when this shows up again. I definitely do that with Flurry all the time because he's always getting stuff thrown up, thrown up, thrown up, thrown up. Mm-hmm. And um, I can understand that. But looking back like further than like a month or two means nothing in this market right now because of just the volatility of it still in my mind. Well, um, that that's exactly right and i I do look back even though the smart thing to do is not look back for sure uh because the 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 streak of the fear of missing out on something is strong in in most of us and you know like you you know about this already but i picked up this card from 2000 upper deck uh it's the dangerous patch 
Mm-hmm. It was released uh, in two different series, series one and series two. There's different pictures for each one. And, and yep. you and I, we've talked about this also in the group. That yeah. the series two version has, for some reason, Texas Ranger patches uh, in this window rather than Mariners. But mm-hmm. when this popped up, I snagged it. It's a beautiful card. It actually, I don't know how many colors are on the uniform, but this is this is a four-color patch. It's white, silver, teal, and, and dark blue from what I can see. Yep. Even a different is there even a different hue of blue possibly past that? Uh it could be from their dark blue jerseys. Yeah. Could okay. be from their from a dark blue, like a spring training jersey or something like that. Yeah. That's this, a beautiful patch. This card is absolutely spectacular. I love patch cards from upper deck because I broke boxes of upper deck and you're looking for yeah. that uh that case hit. It's a case hit to get a patch and to mm-hmm. see the the originator of you know of, of that set is amazing and and because bonds for whatever reason hasn't come to market in years and then suddenly i missed two in a row i was like okay i really need to get something uh, something else to stand in because i can't find the bonds bonds didn't even appear in both series he only appeared in series two okay Uh, and then crazy enough like a couple weeks later the bonds popped up of course this is what his patches generally look like I know that one of the guys in the Bonds group uh, won an auction for a, a ridiculous, unbeatable price for a gorgeous patch. Wow. But I almost feel better about a patch like this because I know nobody's going to – this is this is definitely authentic. Nobody would ever fake a patch that looks this terrible. So right. <laughs> never an orange. But I know that – I mean, he, he likely wore this card. So uh, He wore this um, He wore this actual jersey with the patch on it. So right. I'm happy to have it. This is, this is a very, very difficult pull. Really, really hard to get. That's that's amazing, dude. And but that's the thing, the difficult pull, like a patch card from then is completely different than a patch card now. Like, you know, if I buy a, a flurry patch auto and it's just got a single color, the cool thing to know is that it's from the like number patch on the jersey front or back. So it's still cool, but it doesn't have that like visual pizzazz. This is funny, Tampa Tampa's asking me no. He's <laughs> I did not I did not but uh, stay away from Mark Andre Fleury, dude. There's only a couple guys that like him anyway, right? <laughs> like every single guy in in the league that likes uh, the hockey collector that likes Mark Andre Fleury. It's been really interesting for me because I, in a sense, if we can just combine the two, I'm in the same place you are in a sense because I am collecting not- like arguably the most popular goalie in the league right now, um, and you're collecting one of the most popular, like like the biggest up-and-comer of the 90s. Like Griffey and Jeter have always been expensive. Th- to where Bonds went in the last year, mm-hmm. unreal, dude. And uh, so it's it's really it's been a really interesting thing for me because I, too, have to, like, reset the bar and the base the basis of where he's at um, with certain, you know, with certain cards. And it's, it's a different place to be in, man. It's a different sure. place to be in. Uh, I'll tell you that. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this in hockey too. When uh, when somebody asks you their advice about what they should be paying for a player who who's a contemporary of Flurry's, I mean, I'm sure oftentimes it looks to you like it's absolute pennies, even <laughs> though we're talking about significant sums. You know, even yeah. two hundred dollars is something that we really didn't need to spend to get anything no. just a few nope. years ago. You know, like right. Right. I I learned not the hard way, but I learned very quickly that most amazing bonds cards when they first started in in 2018 could be had for around a hundred my my anchor was a hundred i want to pull yeah. all cards as close to 100 as possible that has since completely got blown <laughs> out um i don't even know what is a fair amount to be paying for a card anymore because bonds, right. 
such a meteoric, uh, such a meteoric rise. Right, dude. No, it's amazing. You really have to raise your, your, you know, your, uh, what is it? Like your, your ceiling gets raised a little bit too, yep. by the way, but your, your bottom dollar for cards. Yep. I mean, like think about that card three years ago, Alan, I think mean, about I, the difference in it now. You could probably get it for, you probably could have gotten this card for, I don't know, 80 bucks, I think in 2018. Crazy, Absolutely. right? Not anymore. I mean, this card is incredibly difficult to find. It is the second leg of, of the of the Mirror Rainbow from Select Certified 96. I'm thrilled to have it. I think the peel is still on there, and I kind of want to take it off because I want to don't be the don't shot. dude. It's so hard to take it's those not, off. Um, I mean, I've done it. I've done it on the gold Jocelyn Tebow. What I did actually though is I took one off the base card to see, and and on the base in hockey it says peel, right? Like there's actually a, a, a yes. label on the peel. And so when I got the gold, the raw gold, because I have a graded one with the peel on it still, I practiced on the base to get ready. And it is, it does not come off easy like the peel on, let's say, a, um, like a finest. Finest is still tricky, but it's got, it's easy to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, on some of the hockey cards, like the totally certified, easy to peel. I mean, they come off super easy. It is not like that. Um, you wow. know, it's, it's not like that at all. I would, I would say no. Okay. Just, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but on camera here, I would say no, just because there is a slight chance you mess that corner up. And as we all know, Alan Chen does not like no. cards that are dinged or not in good condition, even if they're raw. So I would say no. I would leave hey, it. I, I dodged a couple of bullets. I had the uh, 1997 finest uh, golden boss decal-edged refractor. That you I peeled that? That I would no, there's no peel on that, but oh, I mean, that's right, there isn't. That's right. Um, I was cleaning it and it slid off my surface and fell to the hard ground from about uh maybe three a yard or two up. Oh boy, this is and painful to hear. It, and if it had hit the corner, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. You know, that's one of my favorite cars, it is so beautiful. Um, by right. some act of a higher power, it somehow fell flat and harmlessly on its back face. But wow. that's a one in a thousand chance because 99% of the time it's going to mess up a corner and it's just going to drive you crazy because that it, car it, is mint. Yeah. It's in mint. It's in pristine condition. And I was so careful with it, you know, picking it up carefully, not wanting right. to like ding the deckled edge that I was too careful and it just slid right off because of the static. And, and my life flashed before my eyes. So. Well, I will say, too, that, um, you know, it. I, I've done it. I've, I've ruined a card. It was an Alex Burroughs patch auto, thankfully. It, it's just the cups are very, very durable cards, but it landed on a corner. And it was my fault for being a doofus. And uh, it was as, as angry as that made me, even though it was only a $30 card, I, uh, I learned my lesson. Now, it's really funny. A couple of things I'm seeing in the chat here, um, you know. It's not. No, it was about a year ago. I could have had, like, I'll just throw a number out. A Wayne Gretzky Bowman Atomic Refractor sold for over $2,000. I think $2,400. That's out of 100. It's a 9899 Bowman Atomic Refractor. You've seen my Tebow. I posted it. It's all like cracked ice. Looks amazing. Um, $2,400 for a base out of 100 refractor. Think about that. I like an Atomic. That's like Griffey prices or not. You could have had that card for $500 a year ago. So, no, it's, I don't think it's as overlooked as it used to be. Um, but this is really funny. Let's, let's spend like, where are we at right now? 47 minutes. Um, and then he follows it up with, okay, 
as much as I agree with that in a sense, there's only one card I own that I've never peeled. And it's my, um, you've seen it, that Jocelyn Tebow uh, Platinum Mirror Gold. I mean, it's it's the most beautiful card that I've ever seen in my it's, life. It is. And it, I it is up there with the most beautiful card in a sport that I've ever seen in my life. It ever. might be the most beautiful. It is, it's truly incredible. I don't know how they did that. The whole card. It, it's unreal, dude. But anyway, I didn't peel that because it's out of 25, right? But those peels were not put on there to stay. And if you see a card post peel, which is why you've considered that, there is nothing like it. There um, nothing. All my finest decold 99 finest gold refractors came peeled. I didn't have a chance or choice. But I mean, like the the the, the man refractors, like there's a significant difference, and the companies put them on there to protect them in the packaging, not to for have them displayed like that. So I get that mentality now, and where I'm coming from, I wouldn't do it with an expensive card. Like if that Tebow was out of like 500, mm -hmm. that thing's getting peeled. Like I'll find another if it does if it's if it's not perfect. But that's fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know that. That I mean, this may be just the prevailing uh, opinion among the people who are here now with us. But uh, I'm really surprised that. Um, I, I don't mean, know I, about I, that. I, I are they? No. Uh, you know, sometimes I, you got to ask somebody who's a who's a grader like Joe. But I believe that you can game it. So if it if it's ugly on the peel, you have a second bite at that apple by peeling it, and hopefully the surface is perfect. It usually is underneath. Well, uh, then what about if it does, like you said, bubble or like I've seen cards graded mm -hmm. bad because of a bubble in the peel, but the actual cards at 10, they peel it, they resubmit it like Joe has done and he gets yeah. a 10. Like it's a double-edged sword, dude. I mean, I think that's why. Um, I guess that's why. It, right, guys? I mean. I, I <laughs> you better not peel that thing. Not I that mean, one. Until I know that what I spent on this wasn't like five times what I should have spent on it. Like I, I'm gonna have to, you know, think twice about what to do with this card. Uh, but I, I was gonna peel it. I mean, I wanted to see what it looked like. The, the no. mirror gold came to me, but the mirror gold bonds came to me peeled already. It was already slabbed, and it, it is one of the most uh, undercover beautiful cards I've ever seen. It has to be in the right light, but it, it's it's amazing. So now this is interesting. Are they really sorry, Alan? Are, are they really pop reporting depending on the peel or not? I find that to be. Absolutely crazy because a card cannot get a PSA 10 if the surface is bad on a peeled card. So what's the difference? It's not going to get any worse if it's in a slab. Like I get, I get it, but I also don't get it. You know, I'm all about team no peel. You can hate on me all you want, but most of my cards that I've peeled are not worth more than 20 or 30 bucks. So if that bothers somebody, then, then that's just, come on, man, you're being too much of a stickler. But that card that you hold, you held the last two. Yeah. It's, I think it just depends. Value is a big, I mean, if you I know. mess up that card, that's going to be a hefty mistake. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I don't I wouldn't trust myself to do it. I would hire a professional to do it. Maybe send it yeah. over to Joe to get peeled. But if, I didn't realize that that peeling was still as um, as controversial as it was. I, I thought the prevailing uh, idea was enjoy your beautiful card. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was until dollar signs got attached to them yeah. being peeled or not, and that. You know, no offense to anybody that likes peeled cards. I love the passion that Tampa is showing in the chat right now because that's how you should be as a collector. You should be standing up for how you collect. Right. In a sense, he's not telling people to do that. No. and it, Well, he kind of is, but not really. But at the same time, like, in my opinion, I'm in the same boat as you, Alan, because visually I want to enjoy every single aspect of a card. And if peeling it does that for me, despite the value sometimes, and I'm doing it. Look at that thing. I, I bought this with the peel on. 
and yeah. healed it the moment I got it. Um, I, I don't know when I became that person because I used to be with you guys. I used to think, you know, you need to leave it in the condition it was when it left the pack. But then I've seen some of these cards shown in our groups uh, with, with their, you know, peeled glory. And uh, I, I had to do it. So I, <laughs> I hadn't talked to you guys, honestly, like I would have just gone ahead and probably done it. So I'm going to I'm going to think twice about it because those are not I mean, I already have the gold to to, to appreciate now that I have two legs of the three leg rainbow. Um, obviously, now I really want the blue, uh, which where I didn't before. It's one of those you know, OCD type things. And, and that's the case for another major 90 set where I got the second leg. And now, of course, I want the third. Right. And so anyway, that's the, that's the staple on the whole peel thing. Okay. Good discussion, man. I love it because especially talking to you and I'd be curious to have Greg here too, because I think he's kind of middle of the road on that. I think he's I am. Peel. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the, but the basis for collecting for me, my philosophy is to enjoy the cards and how they look, which is, I wish I could show it. I'm going to have it behind me when it's got correct lighting, but I, uh, have I sent you the picture of the cabinet I built yet? No. I have not. Well, we'll, I'll show you after we're done here, but okay. I, I have a beautiful cabinet that I built like a curio cabinet. That's displaying my cock some of my favorite hockey cards. And I'm always about visually being able to appreciate certain cards. You, you can bet your butt that that Tebow on the third row is right front and center. So when the lighting is hitting that perfect, when I get the lighting installed, that baby is going to like everybody that comes in is going to be like, what is that? You know? And, uh, regardless of the peel or sunlight or there's not any direct sunlight, but still like everybody seems to be really over paranoid. And, and the bottom line, like you gotta be enjoying it mm -hmm. and, and appreciating what the cards look like. That's what they're there for. They're not, you know, in my opinion, not there to be shoved into boxes forever and never looked at. So, and you just talked about that, right? You're doing that more. I mean, I, I agree. Like a lot of refractors come with a film on it. I don't know what it is. If it's like the, the, the penny sleeve around it degraded over time, but there's a sticky, icky film on cards like this. And I was going through and wiping the whole card down so that it shines to its max shine. But then I obviously can't wipe around the autograph. No, you can't. So I just, there's like this, <laughs> there's a stain that is just, it's just, just film over the autograph. And I, I can't figure out what to do right now. I actually uh, messaged Joe and asked him, can I just clean over the autograph? He said a lot of autographs you can, but, Obviously, uh, I'm going to test it on a on a no-name autograph first to see if yeah. I can clean it off. And That's a smart it, you know, move. So, so that if, if there's any blue ink coming off on the little paper that I'm using, uh, right. then I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to have to leave it like like as is. Gotcha. Well, I mean, let's just end with this, and then we can show off a couple of uh, additions that we've made. I know you have one, uh, like maybe one or two that you haven't shown yet, but yeah. – so while you're taking a bit of the hiatus, Alan, even though you're still buying stuff from time to time, tell me, tell me how you've, what kinds of things have you been doing? And this is, I really want collectors to hear this because let's all be honest. Um, uh, and um, yeah, Tri-City, I'll have Alan answer that as soon as I'm done with this question since I'm right in the middle of a thought. Um, you know, what are you going to be doing to help you enjoy what you already have? Because I know maybe more than most because we've, you've shared collection with me a little bit on pictures and stuff that you have an incredible collection. So what are you going to be doing now to enjoy that a little bit more? Is it making videos? Is it, is it taking scans, making pictures? Like what, what are you going to be doing? 
Well, I think um, I, I think we talked about how it, it's all right. Sometimes I feel a little bit guilty if I mm-hmm. dial it back a little bit on the hobby, but we're going to go through peaks and valleys when it comes to collecting. I happen to be in a valley right now, but I, I've been in the game long enough to know that when I come out of the valley and I'm back into cards as, as enthusiastically as I was a few months ago, um, these cards will be waiting for me and their beauty is mm-hmm. not going to change. You know what I mean? Right. I see right. them where my head is at is going to change. But the beauty of these cars that I've been picking up, like, uh, you know, they are spectacularly beautiful. They are cars that I've wanted for a very long time. And it's such a blessing to, to pick these up mm-hmm. and really to not be able to enjoy them now. Uh, it doesn't actually bother me because I know that they will be there for me. And I, mm-hmm. in my process, when I get a card, is to archive it. I, I go through this extensive process, just like we all do, cleaning the card, resleeving the card, scanning the card, putting it in my database, organizing it, putting them in, right. into categories. So when I look on my computer and I look through my cards, I'm just stunned. I'm, I look at my cards and I'm like, I, I can't believe I have all these cards. <laughs> how did I? How did I get all these cards? Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're one of my favorite cards. It's 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 amazing. So I don't need to worry about how I feel about it now. I, I need to balance it a little bit better because I think I'm I'm still picking up things at too quickly a pace for somebody who's not enjoying the cards right now as much as I, I would like to. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and this this is this is great. Yep, another feeling he's talking about. And and th- this I think right here is a perfect way to end what you just said. We cannot forget the basis of what we're doing. All these A-Rods behind me that I got out just so I could like see them on camera. I owned none of these as a kid. Not not one. Not a one. And I remember looking in Beckett and thinking that one would be awesome. And there are uh, like 300 or maybe more behind me. And I'm just like, this is freaking amazing. So I know it's harder now than ever, but don't lose, you know, and you know that, right? Don't Don't lose this right there. Um, because when you lose that and you see dollar signs, I think that changes um, the basis of how and why you can't get as much out of it. That's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. <laughs> um, real quick, um, this this might be a uh, reach out to Alan privately type question, perhaps. I'm not sure. I mean, no, yeah. I, I just use no. uh, I just use a, a very soft cloth uh, as um, like a microfiber. Uh, microfiber or I actually like those cotton t-shirts that you've worn for too many years and it's just been stripped of every little fiber. It's just almost okay. glossy. And my dad had a lot of those growing up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do too. And yeah. those are, those are, I find those are perfect. Just a dab of water and uh, you can, you can wipe the film right off. Like the, um, the Fleer Brilliance gold at a 99. I mean, when it arrived, I couldn't even, I could barely, you know, see underneath it. I was like, is this just what they look like? They don't shine at all. And then, I mean, there was three or four coats of grime that I had to, like, wipe off before I got to the card. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, this card shines amazing. So huh. uh, that's what I would recommend. A little dab of water. Um, if you're worried about ruining a big card, obviously test it out first on, a, on another card from the set. Um, but a little bit of water and a little a tender loving care is all you need to to, to, to shine up your card the way wow. it works. Interesting. Yeah, I've I've been very weary of cleaning um, a card. I'm very very weary in my time, and uh, very there's a few that have that on there, and uh, we'll have to chat again when you get you know revved back up for the hobby, and we can uh, figure that out because I've got a few that could use a little spit shine. You know what yeah, I mean? That's exactly <laughs> right. 
Um, so Alan, let's end with, you know, I think we've had, again, every, every time that we do these kind of non, uh, or not organized, but like non-planned discussions, we kind of see where it goes. Yeah. I always like leaving people with like, Hmm, that's some food for thought. Yeah. So I think we've definitely covered that quite well. Um, it would be fun to show, give us the opportunity to show a couple of cards we picked up and tell the stories about why I've got three, uh, two baseball cards and one that's not even hockey in front of me which is really going to shock some people. So let me start with that since we'll kind of like work our way to baseball. Um, you know, I've, I've told people a few times and I'm sure you've, you've seen them behind me at times, formula one pictures, and they just started making their foray into the sports card market via tops. And they delayed it. They delayed it. They delayed it. They delayed it. And when dynasty came out, as you know, dynasty is a patch autograph, one card per pack type deal. The pre-order price went from 300 to like 900 by the time it came out, if not more than that, for one card. Wow. And it was absolutely crazy. So when I saw the Vettel, Sebastian Vettel, who's my favorite racer, go up and sell, I was like, well, this sucks. Because I was like, I'll pay like 300 bucks for a Vettel. Sure, why not? So, um, but they didn't. They did Topps Chrome. And one thing that's cool about Topps is they like to do like short printed cards, right, that are kind of like uh, variations that weren't announced just to see what collectors will do. Yes. And stealth cards, as we know, same from the 90s. Those are super desirable. Crusade, dude, that is at the top of the list. And, uh, I, and, and he's German, just like my mom's side of the family is. So as you can see, there's a lot of things to love about this card. Um, oh, so it's a refractor. And he's got the his helmet, which has the German flag stripes on it. And he raced for Ferrari, which was, you know, was my favorite team. Probably still is, even though he's not there anymore. So uh, short printed variation refractor. And, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how they put, wow. like, racing stats on a card. But uh, four-time world champion, heck of, a, heck of a racer, and a beautiful card. It's the Can only expensive racing. What's that? It's so beautiful. Can you put it up again? I want to see it. Yeah. Um, the bottom, especially. Yeah, that card is, is gorgeous. I mean, I know nothing about racing, but I like the little grid that they put down there. That card is a beautiful card. Anyway, you cut it when you, when you, that's actually it. him sitting on a fence, <laughs> believe it or not. That it's, card is gorgeous. Yeah, dude. It's every time I saw one, like the picture itself is very personable because a driver, he he's in complete control of his performance, uh, depending on the car still. So I thought, uh, and I've always loved that helmet. If I ever buy a, like a, helmet for myself it'll be that exact design because the first race i watched him ever my very first formula one race he won the race it was beautiful so, so anyway got, got a big personal tie to that card um as as i do another card coming up later so anyway that's the first one i've picked up i have a, i'm dabbling into formula one with like four cards including that one <laughs> looking forward to seeing the next one uh yeah, i'll thank show you. one now uh this is the this is the generation subset of the uh, elite status uh, I, I got a card just like this in the past. Uh, like I said before, most of the cards I've been going for recently are makeup cards for cards that I had had in my in my clutches or let slip through my fingers. And this was one of them. I really was bothered by the refractor line, the double refractor line there and there uh, from the first copy that I got. And these are out of 100. And uh, like a lot of other folks, because bonds is so exceedingly expensive right now, you kind of have to find alternate methods of acquiring cards other than just mm -hmm. winning them by brute force on eBay. Uh, right. Another Bonds collector has talked about this uh, quite extensively, uh, as have Rodney and Joe about making connections outside and uh, trying to do private deals. This is mm -hmm. sometimes the only way to go. So I got that yeah. card as a makeup card. I regretted not having it. 
I still don't love the refractor line, but it's one of the few cards where I think I'm just going to have it in my possession until I can find an upgrade. And I'm yeah. going to be doing this for many years. I'm not in some huge rush. I can always find it. That's a good point. My lap. That's a good point. Well, and those those cards, again, I mean, they're die cut. The condition's a bit sensitive. You, who knows how many of those are still floating around? I mean, we say this all the time. Anything out of 100 or less is, is much tougher than the number suggests. Um Ray, we're gonna. I'm gonna close with what Ray's talking about over here because that's a little bit different. Because we're we're doing the show off part. There's a discussion going on on the other side that I, that I do want to touch on. It's important to me. Um, so so it's interesting, Alan. You talk about cards that you missed out on, and I remember when I first got into A Rod. I've showed this before, right? The uh, 99 star the star rubies, right? Yeah. From 99. I mean, just a, a ridiculous, ridiculous card. I mean, holy smokes. And, as you know, you know, at the top corner up there is missing a little foil. These are notorious for this. Yeah, quite notorious for this. Um, but it's still um, out of 50, and basketball has these as well. So these are oh, ex crazy expensive. But one thing that I think is really cool that the baseball market has, maybe not as much as the basketball market, is you find, like, these, these unreleased uh, replacement cards or these uncut sheets or like a um, salesman sample with a star punched in it. And some people are just not really crazy about those. But um, for me, I like having pieces of history. And for me, I was able to find a – this isn't going to look much different if you don't look careful enough, right? Because, look, the foil is exactly the same, right? There's no chipping, which I'm sure you notice, which is cool. But then you look at the back and you go, wait, what's going on here? So what's really cool is this was the front sheet of this production line. So they made a sheet of just the front. And if you look at the back, you can look very carefully on the back of the pack pulled version. You can look on the back and see how that was literally rolled onto the back of the sheet because they had to do the foil first. So I was able to find somebody. I chatted with him. Um, he bought an uncut sheet um, a while ago. This isn't the one that Tanner Jones bought, even though A-Rod was on that different sheet. Um, and he had sold over time a lot of different players, and he still had him and about four others. And I got it for a very, very good price, and I think it's a really cool piece to go with a card that originally I totally passed on. I'm like, these aren't that great. It is one of the most beautiful cards, too, that I've ever seen, just the way the foil plays. And so it's it's it creates discussion. It's uh, a card that, you know, I've never seen before. Likely won't ever see another one unless Tanner's sheet gets cut. So uh, I had to do – that was the first A-Rod card I've been overly excited to buy in a while. I'll, I'll admit that. It was – I was very excited to own it, to be able to own this. So I don't know. Would you go for a Bonds card like that if you had the original pack pulled version? I, that's the key, right? I don't have the original pack full version. Uh, one came up uh, about six to eight months ago. It sold for something like seventeen hundred. When the one before that had sold for like one fifty, two hundred, or something like that. Wow. So it just went supernova suddenly overnight, right. and I lost my chance to get that card. I may have lost it forever. I hope that this dip in prices comes back down, so that mm -hmm. I have another bite at the apple. But you know, when when that happens, you just have to pick up. A, a consolation prize so there you go buddy the year after right so this is the year after it's also out of 50 this is um this is 2000 right instead of 1999 mm -hmm. and uh I, i've always wanted these the spring fling from the year you're talking about but i really missed the ball on um on on those on those on those base ones that you got they are they are exceedingly beautiful i don't right. know what i would do 
once I had that card. Right now, I would not buy the um, the the sheet cut one before I had the real one. Once I had the you real could, one, yeah. then we'll see. Then then right. it, then it's all cake after that, right? Like it's right. Um, anyways. It's really interesting because there's a, and he's had this for so long. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, Alan. Um, is there's a right over, I think it's on this side. Uh -huh. Let's see if it'll, the camera will we'll zoom in here. Right, right. Okay. So it's over here by this side. Okay. Right there. You see that line? It's yes. Right. Yes. That is a, that is not a bend. That is an indent because of the way that the sheet was stored. There was stuff laying on top of it, so it's an oh, indent. Okay. But all, not only that, it's not cut the way that this card is cut. Right. So it does not fit in a penny sleeve, and it does not fit in a magnetic. And so the only way that will happen is if I get a, um, a, a professional like cutter somehow to yeah. do it. Yep. And a laser cut won't work, none of that, because the foil will get completely destroyed. So for now, it sits in a top loader with no penny sleeve, and I'm very, oh man, very careful with it. Well, I mean, the better option would probably be the, like one of those, um, like one of these card savers. I have a couple already. Yeah, like something, something like this. That's what it came in. Yeah, that's um, the better idea. But but it's all this is all nasty looking. So you know me, I hate I hate those gross well, looking things. But yeah. Uh, you know, does it just barely exceed the size of a regular penny sleeve? No, it's much larger. Okay. Much so larger. so I was thinking of the trimming. I think the larger ones it would fit in, but those have a lot of extra room and they don't fit in these, the 35 okay. points. So, you know what I'm talking uh, about? The old-fashioned yeah. Ultra Pro penny sleeves for old-fashioned cards are a little bigger. They might actually... Yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll I'll take a look at that. That's good thinking. I like that. I think I think I would like I would like to feel like it's just a little more. Obviously, I want it in a one touch. I think we can agree that that's the best option. But um, well, I have one more. You have two more, right? I only have one. I mean, if you only have one more, then I have one more, right? Okay. All right. I, I know there's a really cool story behind this, right? And we and we, again we talked about these types of cards with the Formula One cards. This would be cool to hear about. I think. Okay. Go ahead. No, go for it, man. This is all. Oh, you. Uh, all so you. this is, I think, going to be. I, I think I have an idea of what you might be showing next uh, to close out. Um, this <laughs> yeah. is this is this is my finale card. Uh, I'm debuting it for the first time. Um, it's a huge card. So this is the the Donruss Crusades Red wow, uh, pack yeah. issued, call to arms subset bonds. It's graded. Uh, it's not in mint, but. It is not bubbling on the sides and lifting, which is the key concern for me because a lot of a lot of these cards are bubbling and lifting, and, and who knows what they're going to really in a couple of years. Yeah. And this is this on the back only, Alan? That you're so seeing it? It's typically on the back. Once in a while, it will bubble on the front. In fact, there is a red online right now on eBay where there's like a bubble on the surface, and that is the Whoa. reason being there for i don't know ten fifteen thousand dollars for since i started collecting in 2018 wow this is uh this is obviously a major get i mean it, it is a it's an absolute monster and who doesn't love donald's crusade they are just legit among the most beautiful cards you've ever seen they are up there now for me i didn't have them very high on my list because i already had the green and the green was beautiful but I had a chance to get this, and I was thinking there are, there are going to be very few opportunities in my life where this comes up, and, and I am so fortunate enough to be able to grab it. So I did. And um, I, I, this card did not wow me the moment I got it, but I, it is growing on me daily. Uh, but it is one of those cards where it's a feather in your cap card, and then you're going to just have to see how it sits in your collection 
uh, how it ages in your collection. And mm -hmm. so far, it's aged exceedingly well. When I look at my portfolio of my top cards, it's in like the top four or five. And it's right. a joyous thing to see that card take its place there among the uh, among the Rushmore cards. Well, class. especially because where it sits at the Rushmore of like cards in general amongst the community, it's a widely accepted top four card. Right. You know, I think just spitballing here. What's funny is I'm going to say one that is very high up there that you don't like for, and that's fine. So just find me an A-Rod and then we'll work it out. Um, but no, I would say the Accenture credentials um, from all years, if it's called the Accenture, it's up there. That's got to be number one, I would say. Number two is the PMG. Number three is the Crusade. And then in four, you can just slot in a lot of different ones in there. you got the Rubies. You've got the Platinum Medallions. You've got... Uh, what am I forgetting, Alan? The miracle. What else is there? Yeah, the, okay, the miracle. Right. So that, I'm sorry, because I don't even think. So that would probably be number four. In, in okay. no particular order, though, like yeah. those are just like the pinnacle of right. card collecting in the 90s for any sport if they have them. Um, so it's it's awesome to have one, now what, two, three, four <laughs> off that list. I mean, yeah, three out of the four. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive, dude. That's... Yeah got to be a dream for you in a sense it really is and these things i mean they're 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 so expensive to get that you need good friends who can give you good advice about cards in order to make sound decisions that you don't regret later so right I to call you a friend greg a friend i have some other very good friends in the hobby who are always there to give me their unvarnished opinion because you don't want them to take anything off right you want that you want to know exactly what they think because you have to weigh mm -hmm. everything including what you think and right. uh, and after i weighed everything I thought this was the right move. And when I first got it, I was like, oof, I don't know. But each day I look at it, I, I'm, I'm more and more pleased about this. Card. Well, and it was interesting too, because, you know, often when you, when you reach out to me for a card, it's, it's a, it's usually a, like a, a, yeah, gung ho, like go for it, dude. Like, of course. But I, you know, I was, I was skeptical of that card because of your original, I have the green. And because I have the green and purple, I don't ever see myself wanting the red. I don't see that as a rainbow that needs to be completed, especially yeah. for where they're at now. No way. So I think it was interesting, though, giving you that perspective, because I'm pretty sure most of your other friends, you know, I don't know what Greg said, but most everybody else probably said, you should just just do it, man. And so I think sometimes it's good to have the, the one or two friends that are like, just just think about this, too. And then if you go past that and still come to yes, then you have to have it. Right. Right. You know, because I've definitely been swayed away from a card by a friend or two. Like, are you sure? And I, you know, you, Tyler, Greg, have all been like, mm, you know, and one time, Rodney, if you watch this, shame on you. Um, he uh, told me not to buy a certain card. And now it's the guys raised the price twice what it was. And I was like, ah, uh, you know, but, you know, that just goes to show like our, your friends aren't going to know everything either. And he and he at the time was right, you know, but nobody predicted this. So. I think it's great. You know, I think it's good to have both sides on a card like that. And uh, I really hope to someday that you build a huge display in like your basement or something and we can all see that collection laid out, you know, for sure. Um, yeah, that'd be great, dude. Um, so last card I'm going to show comes with a bit of a story. Um, Ray knows about it from the nineties group, but I've had Mike Kramer on here a couple of times and, and I've, I have his number. I get to text him, which is great. It's not a brag. It's more of a, it's just so much fun to communicate with the man who created the set, like sets that I just built. And I think a lot of people also know that my most wanted card is the wild vinyl. It is the rarest 
non-parallel insert in, in the 90s. One of the rarest. It's out of 10. It's made on vinyl itself. And it, it's like, like I said, it's just a base insert. There's no other version of it. And we were chatting one night and he sent me a picture of a page of cards that would have normally been released. And, and he had some copies of them The the, how and why that is. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to be like he hoarded them so we couldn't have them. I don't want to say that it's that I don't know, but he had a few, he just kept a few. And one of them that he had was, was the card. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like it's so cool to see what it looks like. Never seen one. And so we got talking, we got talking and I said, you know, um, there's very few things that could top getting my most wanted card from the man who made it. And long story short, it showed up a week and a half ago and there is the numbering on it. I don't know if it's going to show up, um, but let me zoom in. Sorry. Not too excited here. So, there it is, seven out of ten. Um, and you can see the back; it's got that like vinyl oh, line, the lines on it. That so, I think that um, while it's not held to the same standard, not even close to what a Red Crusade. This is my Red Crusade because it is like the pinnacle of collecting is getting to talk and meet the man who made your most wanted card, and then to get it from that person who made I mean, it's just, I've peaked, Alan. You, I mean, you everything is, no. You could not. I, can't go I mean, that, that's such a thrilling thing. The way, the way you came about it, uh, the long process uh, of having that card at the top of your want list and then meeting the actual person who made it, literally right. you could not write a script like that. Nobody would believe it. And right. I don't actually agree with you that the card doesn't hold that special place. Yeah, well, sentimental it. value, it does. Right? Well, I'm just saying, apart from that, forget who, how you got it. Like, a lot of people would consider that among the very few, among, among the nerds, that is considered one of the <laughs> great cards just because of the special place it occupies as a standalone right. insert with no parallels, just a pure insert out of 10. Uh, some of the biggest collectors we know in the group don't have that card and have it mm -hmm. very high on their want list, top five, top three. So I'm, I was so thrilled for you when I, when I saw that you got it. Thank you, man. Thank you. And uh, a fun fact for just collectors, you and me are card nerds. These were hand inserted into this, into the pack. So, you know, the, the invincible 2000 invincible set was being made and those were, were made on a sheet and cut and put in a stack. And he said her name. I, I know you watched the interview, I think, right. If you had the chance, he said her name, she literally took those. Yep. And after a certain amount of cards would go by, she'd put them in there. And it was like an extra card within a pack. So there were no odds. It would just be in there with either a bunch of base with another insert and two other base cards. Like you just didn't know it because they're so thin. Um, they're not like paper thin, like those proofs, but they're, they're not very thick. And uh, it's, it's called a wild vinyl uh, 2000 Pacific invincible wild vinyl is what it's called. Um, so how cool is it to know that they were literally put into packs by a woman's hand? Like I mean, that's going to go there and Oh, there's a Griffey boom. You know, I mean, you know, the yeah. name of the person, right? I mean, I think he got she the said her name first, but he was able to figure it out afterwards. Uh, yeah. I think it was, it was a full-time job just to do that among her yep. other duties. So, <laughs> it was. 
you don't mess around. It's not like you just get the, you know, get the secretary just to do it. Like you hired somebody to do it right. So uh, that right. Is, that's thrilling. That would be akin to me receiving uh, in essential credentials bonds from Gene Arena or something like it would be, it would be right. that monumental, right? It, it would be insane. So that, that would be amazing, dude. That would be amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think we've kind of got to a point, you know, Ray, um, if I could just reach out to you and say, I really would like you to be back on the next episode because he brought up a topic that I, I'm going to dive into. I hope, uh, well, next episode is episode 50. And, uh, I think it's only right that, uh, Greg makes it back for that. And uh, if you're up for it, Alan, I know you're very busy. This is don't feel any pressure. It'd be great to have you back again to be on episode 50. You were there at the national with us. It's happening again this year. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. I don't know if you're going. Probably um, not. Yeah, it's just not going to be a bit too crazy. But it would be fun to touch on the topic that Ray brought up, and uh, and that was about like oversharing cards and the reaction to sharing cards and why we do it. I think. I think that would be a, a one topic that would be great to hear from uh, because we all have our own reasons and, and how we take pictures and how we talk about the cards and, and deciding which ones to share, I think would be fun to talk about. So uh, yeah, that's for next episode, Ray, since we're running out of time here. But Alan, I do want to say thanks for making it on here. And um, again, I, I am appreciating all the new videos that you're releasing. I think the raw emotion that we're getting from seeing you open a package live on camera. And then in, again, I tease you about it in a fun way, but I love watching you take the card completely out of the penny and the top loader and, or one touch or whatever. And just looking at all its fine details. I don't think a lot of people do that at times. I, I will admit at times I've been like, Oh, this is great. Put it in the top loader goes in the box, goes in the database. It's done. I do enjoy seeing you looking at, the really minute details and, you, and when you discover like, Oh wow. When you flip it over, look at what the back does. And it's just, yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing that, man. I think that's fun. I appreciate that. You know how uh, much of a pleasure it is for me to come on with you. Um, hey, our conversations are free flowing. Uh, they go wherever they go. And <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy them each time. I always appreciate coming on and yeah, I'm looking forward to the next time. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, thanks to everybody. That conversation between a few of you in the chat was really interesting. Were you able to follow that at all, Alan, on your phone? I don't know if you saw what No, I didn't see it, so I'm going to watch it later. A Alan, would you like to uh, give a little channel? I'm going to link it, but yeah. what's it called again? It's uh, Rice, Bonds, uh, my two favorite football and baseball players, Montana abbreviated, and then the number two, and then Steve Young's Young. Rice, Bonds, Montana, the Young. There it is, right there in the chat for everybody. Um yeah, and, and Alan, I'm just going to throw it out so you can start thinking about it. When you start feeling like you're getting that like exciting feeling about the hobby again, I think we should use that to springboard the top 30 challenge again to, to see because so many people's collections have, have changed in, in many different ways. Some have sold something, some have grown. Like Everybody should, should go back and do another top 30 because I would have a blast looking at my last one two years ago and looking at it now. I'd just be like, it would be a shock, I think, to you, to me, to a lot of people, you know? Yeah, I think it would. I really would. <laughs> I, I, I want to do it. So when I have the wherewithal, I, I plan to. That sounds like a great idea. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, Ray and Tampa, Vintage Cards, um, who else was in here? I just want to make sure I thank everybody. Tri-City, um, Significant Inserts, of course. He's always here supporting the channel. Um, thank you all for um, coming in and, and chatting with us. We enjoyed it. Uh, for the 11 viewers that were here uh, this late at night. 
I really appreciate it. And we will, uh, I'll be posting when we're going to go live. Uh, it'll either be this next weekend or the weekend after we'll get Greg back on here and, uh, let him help us celebrate halfway to a hundred with uh, hopefully some other people. It'll be fun. Beautiful. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks a lot.